you know uh, this puts a little bit of the piece of the puzzle together for me your answer because you're one of the developers that i've worked with who's very receptive to any bugs that i report allowed to take challenges right when you go and uh, float an idea i want to start uh, something where i want to interview people right a lot of people would have called you stupid wasting time that that's what entrepreneurship is all about right but that, that's yeah. a, that's how you you create a vertical which no one has thought about right that's where you draw a perpendicular line and then show the world that yeah i can do it you know as a founder right as someone who has worked and tried to start multiple startups i think decision making kind of plays an important role um how you feel about taking on a project and how you feel about leaving a project behind not that they will see us failing right they they will yeah. come around and they will start joining hands so it has happened Uh, so we are so we start with uh, when we uh, when i took such kind of decisions right i have seen that uh, there will be some resistance but eventually people uh, come to help so the need drives the decision the decision doesn't drive the need basically <laughs> that's correct yeah. awesome karthik is a great one liner you said that you had started a business before and you know it didn't take off in the direction that you wanted to now with apricom what is what is unique about your business plan and how you approach the industry to start with idea uh, you have to do all the risk analysis you have to create a core team which believes in your idea and they also have to be as passionate as you are finding the right guys to work with you is the best much more bigger challenge and you have to convince with them right to convince your your team itself is very difficult and it is putting all efforts in a startup right uh, every team member has compromised uh, either the family their time or sometimes uh, the salaries there is some kind of compromise they keep doing through this journey so that has to be justified okay you need validation uh, for you to be valued uh, you go and ask this question to any investment banker the answer they give is valuation is a feeling <laughs> okay <laughs> okay okay it's an emotion in today's <laughs> We are back everyone. We hope you enjoyed the interview so far on season 2 of the EITF project. This is our final episode for season 2 part 1 and we have a very special guest on the show. We have Guhrajan Shivakumar, the founder and CTO of Apricom, an exciting startup based out of India, doing incredible work with building intelligent solutions into our routers to make Wi-Fi better. Before we dive deeper into Apricom, Karthik and I will introduce Guhan to you. So Guhan started as a junior developer in Ecosmos Mysore in 2002. But beyond that, his stint in Mysore University, where he wanted to learn about drivers and driver code, was something where he couldn't find information at that point of time because it was super new. But he ended up going to the books, he read it, and then he eventually thought that to his professor in. 2003 Guhan joined Altosis as a team lead for the real time embedded systems. Guhan says in his interview that he has always been passionate about knowledge transfer and so while he pursued his career in the corporate world he was always looking for small challenges to solve on his own. To this end he started a company that sold science kits to kids in school so they could learn the subject in a demonstrative way rather than in a theoretical manner an amazing and creative idea which helped a lot of kids learn the subject in an easy way guhan eventually joined atheros now qualcomm as a lead engineer working on the earliest versions of wifi technology before he founded apricom throughout this interview nandini and i were able to unearth guhan's passion beyond his daily job where he talks about entrepreneurship and crazy ideas that form the core gene of what it means to be an entrepreneur he talks about his ideas that he wants to implement and selfishly speaking uh, nandini and i learned a lot and we did get some tips and ideas for eitf as well an inspiring one that will give every budding entrepreneur a sudden surge of energy with this last one for season 2 part 1 karthik charu and i sign off to get more updates follow us on our social media platforms 
and read our latest blogs at www.eitfproject.blogspot.com. Hi everyone. We're back with a new episode of the EITF project and you know this episode we have someone a very special joining us. This is uh, Guharajan Shivakumar from India. He is the co-founder and owner of Apricom. They uh, work on AI solutions for routers to make your Wi-Fi better every day and your internet experience better every day. But uh, I think we are going to learn a lot from him in terms of how to build a career how to build a business so we have some very interesting questions for him so welcome to the show guhan yeah thanks uh, nandri for having me here yeah. it's a nice opportunity to be part of this show all right so uh, let's start with our first question so guhan i want to take you back to your first first job ever right we always start with your first experience in the career industry we always start there because we feel like it shapes your career in one way or another what was the first accomplishment that you ever had in your career that you recognized and what was the first misstep that you feel like you had and what did you learn from each one again a wonderful question so in terms of accomplishment uh, i have a different path i took but for the first job is very different for me okay so uh, i was in search of trying to get my hands into uh, i want to be a mechanical engineer as such just start my career but i did computers okay so programming was little lame for me uh, i didn't really enjoy programming uh, just writing if else loops so i want to interact with hardware uh, so then i thought probably i should uh, um, go and look for robotics uh, that's around uh, 2002 uh, robotics was not uh, very much um, famous uh, i would say it's not um, robotics is not a stream which is much available as a career option it is very hard to get into robotics uh, that point of time uh, so there was a lot of uh, fuss happening around embedded systems so at least some hardware i see that so i see that uh, i can move printers uh, i can move the uh, mouse or uh, i can create some at least make uh, some leds glow so that was little interesting for me so i started looking at how to make this work how to make the hardware really work so i heard about something called drivers so that's when when um, i started exploring how to write driver code and microsoft was a closed that time it's very hard to get access to driver uh, write the driver code with uh, microsoft you need licenses and my college was not having those licenses so so i was in search of places where i can go and find a way to control hardware uh, so i ended up finding there is a university there is there is a small uh, session happening in uh, mysore university where they were teaching something on linux where you can actually write printer drivers yeah. so okay. i went to that university to learn drivers okay so then i figured out while uh, in the process the the guy who is teaching me right uh, so i couldn't uh, understand anything what he is trying to tell it is uh, again it's a huge set of instructions which he was giving it to me then uh, it looked to me that none of them has access to proper resources to understand how these things work and it is something you have to read from the code uh, there are no enough books uh, and most of these are foreign authors getting access to this book so then i started going to my uh, the mysore university libraries uh, finding out books there is no internet like this like we don't have google at that point of time so there's a lot of research i did and then i started learning drivers myself then my first career was to teach my teacher how to write a driver and i was paid 500 rupees per week for that so that is my first career and that that gives me a lot of confidence and uh, encouragement into this uh, so i started learning more and more linux my first accomplishment uh, if you ask me there were uh, those times right bringing up a board right uh, linux was not supporting uh, other than x86 and there is a little support for arm it was not supporting most of the processor architectures and a lot of defense establishments in the country they want to try linux there is one uh, specific defense establishment called npol national physical oceanic laboratories this is uh, based out in kochi in india <clears throat> they were actually doing research on trying to understand the aquatic life and how how they are proliferating and what, what issues are happening uh, they have tsunami detectors and stuff so they created controller boards based on power pc architecture and it was predominantly running on vxworks that's a proprietary software and uh, indian defense wants to uh, actually own the software piece of it and they are looking for 
linux experts so i came <clears throat> in touch with these guys who are actually doing these boards but there is no port for power pc in linux right for that particular architecture it's called 7410 if i am right <clears throat> so i then took the linux uh, source code i have no uh, access to any resources it's a completely uncharted water for me uh, absolutely i don't know like whom to even go and ask for a help so we have to start from the assembly level right just to initiate the processor and make one led to glow was the challenge it took us one month to write the bootloader and the stuff and but we made the port and we made linux running on that board uh, even now mm-hmm. i have those uh, entire schema of things which i have done uh, the port so that is my first accomplishment then probably yeah so then my career started and then i started providing lot of uh, consulting work for defense and i in fact went and marketed uh, a flavor of linux called rt linux real time linux uh, which was actually founded by fsm labs a new mexico company uh, so they wa- they were actually providing that solution to nasa they want to provide it to indian defense so i was representing them in india so i was providing that solution all over the drdos i go and train the scientists uh, i still have the top scientists of india uh, getting training certificate from me <laughs> so i have to have those good certificates so that's how i uh, it, it, i would say my career started with the bank so that's how i yeah. started um, so i i was into part of training so knowledge transfer was one of the things which i love the most and i was started mentoring a lot of people in this flavors uh, then i moved to uh, i want to go into networking networking is area which so i always want to learn more on uh, different technologies uh, try new ideas it is a never ending itch for me so i want to keep trying something new uh, once i i get complacent with something i want to try because it gets boring for me so then i started uh, looking for networking options and then uh, there was atros uh, now got acquired by colcom right so i started my career there so then i started learning networking wifi and then the rest is history so what was the first misstep throughout my career i always start uh, try to start with some new ideas and i try to start some business right i always want to uh, create some value in the chain so i used to hash out ideas i used to talk to people uh, i used to bring some fund and then start a company it goes somewhere and it stops okay the first mistake was that i want to create a educational startup because as i told you right i i lo- love to mentor i love to yeah. do the knowledge transfer i always thought science could be taught in a very simple way to kids then uh, because science is always for me right science is found by guys who are actually who has not done phd's or went to college einsteins or all these guys right they are very simple people they are the one who invented this advanced science what we are learning now so i always thought why don't we talk in the layman's language to the kids science in its simplest form so i i created an idea called ibots today we are talking about so many companies which is uh, trying online and then giving kids so my idea was to divide the curriculum into four parts in an hour the first part is to demonstrate an experiment which uh, teaches the kid the concept okay yeah. second part is make the kid to do the experiment and the yeah. third part is make the kid to ask questions so i i, I understood that the kids uh, attention span is only 15 minutes yeah. right 45 minutes if i talk no one is going to watch me so that 15 minutes i want to make sure the kid learns and enjoys science so the next to the third 15 minutes i want him to ask question and the last 15 minutes i want him to be innovative use the same kit try to represent the same idea in a different format so i love, like that i created kits which is very cheaper can be given to uh, school kids that was a brilliant idea a lot of people loved it i even got fund to the one mistake i did in the whole process uh, is uh, i didn't understand that teachers wants to learn this process i couldn't get teachers who can teach this i created 49 franchises all over tamil nadu that is 49 institutes but i couldn't send people to train the kids through all the 49 institutes so because of that i ended up uh, closing this whole thing so that is that is a mistake in, in terms of business uh, even though the idea is good so operation and implementation is something is very very um, important to understand and that kind of knowledge is very hard to gain until you venture into it but yeah that mistake taught me a lot of things uh, how to be cautious today online is very it has become big hit right you don't have that that particular problem is solved by online yeah. teaching yeah right? yeah as one day can yeah. sit here and then teach the millions of kids so correct i don't have access to the technology that time so yeah all you need is a camera and zoom and you can just start streaming content at scale for people yes. uh, Yeah. No, but it wasn't as simple back then, right, Karthik? I feel like now you have access to so many resources. 
to like you know there are startups pretty much in every house today but i think guhan's effort here in terms of you know trying to get accessibility and trying to send this all out to different people in india i think that would have been paramount effort at least i feel like at the time was the effort i didn't understand when when we started with an idea right that was yeah. an underestimate yeah no, absolutely but, because when when you talk about uh, going to source code of linux it just brings back memories of the first time someone said oh something called data science exists or <laughs> something called hadoop exists where you wouldn't have enough documentation but google source code sitting out there and you had to sift through all their java codes to understand exactly what mapreduce even meant for us to implement it at work so i think a lot of memories when anything you start new right any new technology you, you will not get the tools and the, you will be finding ways to do it that's where the whole thrill is right yeah. absolutely yeah. yeah it's a great one liner that you gave during this answer was that coding is lame right although it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> i feel the same too because like you know i started out coding very well and everything but when i wanted to pursue a career i think the part that interested me more about what i'm doing today is the hands on part of it rather than you know putting your headphones on and trying to code something yeah when your code works is exciting but i think when your code works to demonstrate something that is more exciting in 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 all your answers there is a component of learning that i can see as a common theme where you've learned new coding stuff or programming stuff figured out something or you understood product market fit and everything is a learning right so what is the process and can you narrate an incident where you had to unlearn something that you learned that's true i see a lot of unlearning and relearning happens for me in the entire career right so i just told you right i made a mistake uh, of uh, not uh, working out what would be the operation right once you do a mistake in your career right uh, once bitten twice shy right you become shy to try something on the similar lines right but as an entrepreneur you you need to make mistakes you need to take risks and uh, if uh, your risk appetite is going down then probably you, you cannot venture into the journey of an entrepreneurship so you need to have the risk appetite so which means you need to keep doing the same mistake again so you have to unlearn that you did a mistake right Uh, so you need to be okay to try this try the same approach it might work this time but uh, but if you don't try that you lose that opportunity so you have to keep on learning you have to be crazy actually so, yeah. to be to be on the entrepreneurship you have to be crazy and you, you have to it is okay to do mistakes learn from mistakes but uh, uh, you should not be shy to do them again you know uh, this puts a little bit of the piece of the puzzle together for me your answer because you're one of the developers that i've worked with who's very receptive to any bugs that i report right you're not fighting it you're not asking questions you're i will look at it like it's very easy to convince you that there is a bug in the system that somebody needs to look at sometimes it's very hard to convince developers that there is a bug that needs to be looked at i think your learning and unlearning kind of plays a role there as well um, yeah also the the loud to take challenges right that is inherently has to be there you want yeah. to see now you have started something right that is a, yeah. a completely a different parallel you have taken from what yeah. as a career you guys are doing right yeah that that is possible only if you want to take a challenge when you go and float an idea i want to start uh, something where i want to interview people right a lot of people could have called you stupid wasting time that that's what entrepreneurship is all about right that, that that's yeah. a, that's how you you create a vertical which no one has thought about right that's where you draw a perpendicular line and then show the world that yeah i can do it yeah so yeah so that attitude has to be everywhere i cannot yeah. be a different guy in one place no to 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 your point nandini i think when he is receptive to bugs i think when the learning starts when you realize that okay your consumer or your customer knows more about the product than you do and you're like okay oh i didn't think about this scenario i think the scenario makes way more sense than what that's i thought right. about is the learning that's, over that's all that that's interesting so there's another learning right oh how come i missed how come there is an absolutely. option that i didn't think through right so yeah. that's yeah. absolutely i mean i i want to base my next question off of one of the answers that you just gave right you said that you had started a business before and you know it didn't take off in the direction that you wanted to now with apricom 
what is what is unique about your business plan and how you approach the industry lot of things we made it unique first uh, just before abricom i was just mentioning kartik right so we are having a telepresence startup i was having a telepresence startup where it's purely hardware based we designed cameras uh, we designed speakers we in fact created a speaker which can exactly reproduce the human voice that's uh, the, the vibrations the speaker does right so typically humans uh, have a ability to differentiate the voice coming out from a human and co- voice coming out from the speaker suppose you are in the in a room and there is a speaker which is being playing something right uh, so someone is talking over the speaker you can tell that there is no person in the room it's a speaker which is talking that's that's the kind of intelligence our ears have now i have to fake that i have to tell that the sound coming out of the speaker is a real human so we did lot of research we created algorithms uh, which can actually uh, fake the human ears that okay it's a real human voice which is coming out of these speakers but lot of research and uh, development uh, <clears throat> happened on the hardware right pushing this hardware into the market was a very big challenge right uh, the cost at which it has to work um, and these uh, hardware chipsets right they keep outdating you have to keep manufacturing them so that's a learning so i that's a huge investment and it's uh, it's something that uh, it won't scale up uh, for a startup right uh, so uh, the last company the big, uh, the biggest failure for us was to not able to get the series a funding because it's in purely hardware and we saw that hardware software based streaming uh, started uh, picking up and uh, internet speeds have gone up so hd was coming over the software so the need for hardware is depleting and investors doesn't want to try now something new because you already did something and it is not taking up right so this is a learning which uh, so when we started apricom we decided that we will not do anything hardware no hardware this time because software i, I can adapt it i can change it for me to pivot from see uh, we started as an uh, in apricom right our solution is facing most like uh, is targeting mostly enterprise but with covid uh, enterprise markets were down no one is using office there is no wifi in office no one wants to solve the problem in wifi where no people is there yeah. in the office right so the problem pivoted from office to homes because homes have become office homes have become schools people started taking education from school so now i have to change the entire software which is designed for enterprise to be delivered to home now the challenge here is mm-hmm. if it is enterprise i am talking about numbers like 10000 or maybe 100k when it comes to uh, homes right i'm talking about uh, all of a sudden a million home my software has to scale to million homes and it has to provide solutions for million home but being a software i'm able to do that yes. we are able to do the pivot but if i have, it's a hardware based solution right this pivot is not possible so mm-hmm. that learning which i did, i had with my previous company right ingrid helped me that that we need to make sure that we do something no let's not get venture anything into hardware to start with yes. we may do hardware later once we establish in one form or other but to start with we definitely don't want to do hardware another decision we took is uh, let's do bootstrap let's actually create a revenue then go for investments till we create a revenue I, we don't want to go for investments so that is the decision we took uh, so these decisions uh, i believe you are in right track with apricom so we have done we have proven the product uh, we have we have created the revenue we are cash positive now so that way i think those learning really helps yeah i agree that uh, experience from from one place takes you you can definitely bring that into the next one for example kartik and i tried to start something during covid it was a very large scale project that we took on it was a great idea everyone we pitched it to really liked it but for the two of us to start and fund it ourselves and to get like a proof of concept out there it was too large scale for just the two of us and our competitors were huge in the space already when we started thinking about other things right on what to do next and things like that like you said it's always been something like i want to do something more i want to do like you know build something on a different track of the career that i'm in so the first thing we started thinking about was like you know okay i need advice on what to do this and then advice became the idea let's go and ask experts for advice um mm. on awesome. on what to do there are a lot of people out there who haven't spoken in general to a larger audience you know all these c suite executives always get the chance to speak to other people i think the thing that's helped us out is think simple and think small to begin with so that it becomes easy to implement and put something out there always start with an mvp right minimal viable product correct absolutely 
right? Start with something so that you can reach out to the customers, find out the interest, see if the, really this idea works out. Then probably, yeah, you can invest more on it. Right? Absolutely. So you talk about your, your first failed hardware venture and then moving into software, right? So when you, from an entrepreneurial standpoint, come up with a business, are you like looking at, oh, what's my differentiating factor from the word go? Or what is the initial inspiration to start something like, hey, I want to get into this hardware telepresence space where I need to replicate how a human voice comes out of the speaker and all of that. So as I told you, there's a constant passion. There's always, I'm passionate to learn something new. The, the main thing is you have to keep thinking out of the box, like what you are doing today, right? Uh, so what difference you can make from what you're doing today? So I start with a problem, very basic problem. And why don't we solve this? And then later I will see whether there's a business case for it. Both are important, right? There should be a use case and there should be a business case. Otherwise there's no point in venturing it. There are a lot of ideas uh, I can give you, but business case may not work. I can even try to cross pollinate a uh, uh, paddy with a field from the desert, uh, like um, cactus and paddy, and then create a paddy uh, plant, which will use less water, but whether it is edible, whether it is really marketable is the question there, right? So ideas, there are a lot of ideas floating, but you need to first see whether those ideas really can be converted into a business case. And uh, then probably you need to go and look for tools to see, make that idea a reality. Yeah, start with a MEP, minimal viable product. Every idea starts with the use case for me. Like there should be a use case, there should be a business case. And if you if that if you are convinced with that, yeah, take the risk. So a follow-up question to that is, yes, awesome. So you have a use case, you start uh, solving that use case with a solution that you come up with. Do you, from the word go, think about, okay, is this going to be a scalable solution that will be applicable to multiple use cases or do you start it off as a one-off and you learn the do's and the don'ts with that one-off use case and then you start looking at repeatable patterns for scaling it to multiple use cases? So when you start with the idea, uh, you have to do all the risk analysis, whether it is scalable, uh, how far, it, uh, how much investment is required for that idea. Uh, whether that idea is even sellable, whether it's profitable, right? Uh, so before you start, yeah, obviously I hash out all these things and see whether, and in fact, uh, even to go and convince someone, right? See, none of these ideas are, are, are being an entrepreneurship is not about you alone doing something. It is a team. You have to create a team. You have to create a core team, which believes in your idea. And they also have to be as passionate as you are. Finding the right guys to work with you is the bust, much more bigger challenge. And you have to convince with them, right? So you went and asked Nandini, let's start something. Nandini has to be first convinced with an idea. So to convince Nandini, you, she's going to ask you a lot of questions. I have to spend time, whether there is a return on investment for me, for the time I'm spending, right? So to convince your, your team itself is very difficult. So these, these are basic questions which you need to have the answers. Once your team is convinced and once they are also passionate about the idea, then obviously from there, there is no point turning back. You know, you have to kickstart that and then keep moving. How important do you think market research is, right? There are a lot of people who spend a lot of time just, you know, doing market research, getting all the paperwork together, talking about return on investments, talking about uh, how you can scale the product, all these things before they start working on a product, right? And there are a lot of people who feel like market research is overrated, right? Let me just do something, make a product, you know, put it out there and then see how the market reacts to it, right? So which approach would you advise? I think, I mean, I think one of the answers to that will be it depends on the case, but um, which, which approach did you take and which one did you find worked more for you? It depends on the idea you are trying to try out, right? If your idea is very disruptive, obviously the market is not there for that idea. You are trying to disrupt the market. Yeah. So there is no market research you can do about the idea. It is all about your belief. But your idea is something you are mimicking something which is already existing in the market and mm -hmm. you are just adding some flavors to it. Probably marketing research is better because you are not coming up with something very unique. Okay. So when you come with very unique, there is a two ways. Either the disruptive idea will be accepted by the market and it becomes, after that, it, once the yeah. acceptance happens, it becomes quite easy from there. 
or it will never get accepted and you will be keep trying and then you will be pivoting into one thing another and then you will be trying that there obviously for a disruptive idea marketing research is never going to help but for an idea which is which which you are just adding some flavors to the existing idea in the market probably marketing research will be helpful but again when you go to the market the challenges will be very different right research is only going to say there is an opportunity but how you encash like how you cash those opportunity right that is very different that's what you learn when you do business right that that's how to actually convert that into business is the bigger challenge there that yeah. you will do, you have to do as as you start venturing into it hits you as a shock right management and business in general um uh, when you have an idea you're the technical lead for that and you end up start you, you know you start working on it and you make the product and you're so happy whatever right but at the end of the day it has to be accepted it has to be sold business education and management education like you said you can't do anything without a team right that kind of hits you as a shock because it's very different from being an individual contributor and no company can succeed by a, with, with the individual's idea or in, <laughs> it's always the team so yeah. uh, we need to have the right team so in fact the team which we, we are having right so we sail through covid we sail through the recession today there was no absolutely no attrition for us yeah. not a single guy from the day one we started as the company so that is because we go kind of created uh, like we go and partner with people who have like minded minds right so they are also passionate about the product they also see that so we are we are heading in the right direction so so they they kind of love the work they do so that's the kind of team you should create and it is always the team which is making things happen for you uh, a follow up question i had was so you talk about an idea that exists in your brain or idea in its principle and then when it comes into market how the market receives it right so when you get into the market either the market loves it or the market hates it or the market's pretty neutral about it are there any parameters that aspiring businesses can be like okay i've seen enough cycles maybe i need to stop it my mark the market isn't opening up or is welcoming me with open arms because sometimes you see companies where they don't work for a prolonged period of time but still are at the market burning cash and 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 burning funds and all of that so are there any signals that companies can pick up based on how the market reacts to their idea yeah how do you know when to pivot mm-hmm. <laughs> so that, that that's again i will come to the same answer uh, to you right you start with an mep without mep there is no way you can uh, understand the pulse of the market so you need something to go, go to the market first okay yeah. and if your idea is very disruptive you have to create the market so yeah. either it will become the market accepts there will be an exponential growth for you uh, yeah. or so for me the first idea right um, so science in its simplest form market welcomed with open arms because idea is great people loved that idea uh, people uh, kids who tried it uh, parents who are seeing that everyone appreciated market is there for me market was there but still i am not able to succeed because operations became difficult for me so you cannot look at one angle to become a successful startup right uh, it's not just the market so market is one element in the equation if you have the flexibility to adapt to the market's requirement right that is yeah. what you have to inbuilt in your product you cannot always think the market is going to welcome you so if you have that sentiment in your mind right okay i am going to go do something but i can keep modifying to the requirements of the market if you yeah. have that confidence there is a huge opportunity for you to succeed i am going to pivot a little bit now that we are talking about pivoting um i'm going to pivot a little bit and start asking about opportunities right let's talk about opportunities i think for a budding business or anything that you're starting out to begin with um the first opportunity that you're given to showcase yourself is paramount so my question to you is you know usually companies that kind of start out like that they're not ready for opportunities a lot of them you know when presented with huge opportunities are not ready to um, yes. take it up right so what is one such opportunity that came your way during the early stages of applecom that you guys maybe did or didn't couldn't handle at the time and how have you evolved as a company to embrace impromptu opportunities today my second part of the question is priorities as part of opportunities that come your way you kind of end up adjusting your priorities as well has your priority changed from the first time you know from day one of apricom for you know your priority for the company 
based on opportunities that you've yeah. received uh, let me answer both your questions when you start uh, with an idea right any opportunity is big opportunity there is no such thing as big small opportunity anything comes yeah. is a bigger opportunity for you yeah. and you will run behind that yeah. so we never said i will not try this opportunity whatever it okay. comes we we did that was the attitude that has to be the attitude for you to yeah. so, so we went after every opportunity we got and over a period of that time okay once we are able to prove the product uh, once we see that there is a business which is coming out of it right now i have to set the priorities now priorities comes only after that part once you okay. have something now i don't want to spend time or effort in an opportunity which is not giving me business because i know there is a business with my idea yeah. and i yeah. only want to either improve that idea to the next level or then keep pushing the idea where i can get the business if i if, I, if there is an opportunity coming i say say can you add this feature to this now i will now equate that to how much business i'm getting out of this whether this can be this particular feature if i add whether i can market to all my customers or is going to be one guy and this yeah. the so the return on investment to that idea becomes the main priority i mean sometimes that can be very disruptive right um, you said that you went behind a lot of you know all the opportunities that came your way in the beginning sometimes you know carving out a niche for yourself in a situation like that carving out your mission statement carving out your vision statement when you have too many opportunities that are kind of diverging from where you want to go um, that can be very disruptive to like you know building your business right <laughs> Yeah, uh, was that something that you experienced and you had to handle it distinct you ideas for example uh, there are fields uh, where we can venture with the same idea for example whatever we have developed as an ai engine right we can even yeah. try to uh, apply it in uh, industries or even autonomous cars right yeah. that's going to be disruptive but being a small team right you have to be focused i cannot yeah. go just go and try out every disruptive idea so that's that's again the priority we have to set now i see that my whole team can because i have a 30 member team and i cannot yeah. go and pivot from something which i have already done and established into something new yeah. without yeah. Uh, seeing a proper uh, business case there so you're right we might try something disruptive but it all depends on uh, what kind of effort and uh, time involved in that being a small team right the the, the sense of getting it done uh, making it work has to be uh, uh, inculcated into the minds of everyone everyone has to agree yeah, yeah. then if one sees that yeah there is a bigger opportunity we should try then yeah probably we can do that or we need to make sure the company grows and then we have that enough buffers to try these kind of ideas what i'm hearing is hey you tend to get excited when you get new opportunities but keeping resourcing in mind and whatever is on your plate finish everything in your plate first before you want to try out the next disruptive idea because sometimes i see it's a constant trade off between generalizability and being specific to an opportunity because you talk about oh i can have an ai engine that can work in this opportunity and this opportunity but the initial loaded cost is going to be higher for you to make it work cross industries or cross opportunities basically that's correct see uh, you also feel the responsibility of your team because your team has has watched on you right on your idea is counted on you and it is putting all efforts in a startup right uh, every team member has compromised uh, either the family their time or sometimes uh, the salaries there is some kind of compromise they keep doing throughout this journey so that has to be justified and the team needs to be convinced it's not that you as i am the founder i am just uh, i am okay with this idea i should go and start it right so the whole team has to buy it so the responsibility of team comes as an higher priority whether you like it or not you know that's that's a huge responsibility to hold in your hand right and i think one of the main things that can feed that responsibility is decision making you know as a founder right as someone who has worked and tried to start multiple startups i think decision making kind of plays an important role um how you feel about taking on a project and how you feel about leaving a project behind at the end of the day it you can have the team's input but at the end of the day it's your call right one of the things that i read on linkedin very recently is don't tre- treat all decisions as big decisions take it uh, you know one step at a time how does decision making play a role in your everyday life as you work through your business and try to grow it there are a lot of points in your and in a startup right decisions become tough like for example i want to pivot the technology 
now i have to ensure that everyone uh, in the team is ready to do because they have to uh, reinvent the wheel they have to put yeah. their same efforts back like we have to burn a lot of night oil right so yeah. so that becomes very difficult uh, when you take that kind of decisions yeah obviously some some agree some do not, do not agree so we have to take it with a pinch of salt and then take those decisions and eventually everyone comes around because yeah. that's that's how the team is right uh, so it's not that they will see us failing right they they will yeah. come around and they will start joining hands so it has happened uh, so we yeah. are, so we start with uh, when we uh, when i took such kind of decisions right i have seen that uh, there will be some resistance but eventually people uh, come to help how i take this decisions it's basically need the need is what is making you to take the decision right it's not it is not something just i i, I just want to do something right it's not until there is a real need and, and there is a real the economics are changing dynamics are changing so uh, people also understand maybe when we take the decision initially uh, there they may not be able to understand the need how i see them but eventually they will understand that so the need drives the decision the decision doesn't drive the need basically <laughs> that's correct yeah. awesome kartik with a great one liner <laughs> i love all my philosophies and one liners i use it at work a lot but curious question you talk about failed series a funding that you didn't get so when you start a company and a lot of companies now may want funding may not want funding may want to go into an accelerator program into say or something like a y combinator or something of the sort so when does a company realize that they are ready for seeking external funding from angel investors venture capitalists this is going to be a loaded question for you like how does one company decide how much of equity to dilute when they bring in external investors b is there a trade off between you going and getting external investors and pumping money into your business versus hey i built a product let me get sales numbers on it so the revenue is multiplying that is adding us inbound cash flow for my company to grow so are there any rubrics that startup founders can keep when they are looking at wanting to raise capital there are so many questions uh, in this I, that's why i said it's a loaded question when i asked you that <laughs> this is a uh, very simple answer i can give uh, is it depends is one line if i had give you an answer <laughs> it depends right it depends on various factors um for me uh, see uh, if a company could be in growth phase uh, you want to expand your base then you might need a funding you might be already be cash positive but you want to expand your base uh, you might go for funding your idea is very disruptive uh, but it requires a lot of investment in the beginning then probably angel investment is something you should try out but as long as you can manage with within your funds or uh, within uh, the within the resources you have in hand probably angel you should try till you go to the mvp uh, you should not go for angel angel funding okay just because you have a angel as a friend he is willing to put the money never take that money until there is a real need established for you you coming to this point of when i should really go for funding right it, again that's uh, that depends on whether you want to uh, do uh, expand your company let's say you you are able to grow the company without any money right yeah. but uh, for the industry to believe that your company is is valued at uh, your unicorn right just to make that belief you need to bring in an investor someone has to yeah. vouch for you yeah. you you are already making good but you need someone to vouch that yeah you are doing good someone has to yeah. certify you so for that you may need to bring in an investor so it all depends on the use cases when to bring the investor is uh, is not defined by any specific equation i can come up with it as you start the journey somewhere you will feel that that's needed and then probably other companies which is still running without any investment and they are profitable right yeah. so so you last question on that topic that you bring about is okay you need validation uh, for you to be valued and you see a lot of these companies that are either overvalued or undervalued in terms of valuation numbers when it comes out uh, how do you justify valuation numbers like is it the conviction in the core product that determines the valuation number that you come up with outside uh, you go and ask this question to any investment banker the answer they give is valuation is a feeling <laughs> okay okay 
ಹಾಗೆ ಇಟ್ಸ್ ಅನ್ ಇಮೋಷನ್ ಮ್ಯಾಥಮೆಟಿಕಲ್ ಲಾಜಿಕ್ ಬಿಹೈಂಡ್ ವ್ಯಾಲ್ಯೂಯೇಷನ್ ಇಟ್ ಇಸ್ ಅನ್ಸ್ ದರ್ ಆರ್ ಕಂಪನೀಸ್ ವಿಚ್ ಆರ್ ವ್ಯಾಲ್ಯೂಡ್ ಮಲ್ಟಿ ಬಿಲಿಯನ್ ಡಾಲರ್ ದೇ ಗಾಟ್ ಅಕ್ವೈಡ್ ವಿತ್ ಮಲ್ಟಿಪಲ್ ಮಲ್ಟಿ ಬಿಲಿಯನ್ ಡಾಲರ್ ಬಟ್ ವೆದರ್ ಆಫ್ಟರ್ ಅಕ್ವಿಶಿಯೇಷನ್ ವೆದರ್ ದೇ ಗಾಟ್ ದಟ್ ಕೈಂಡ್ ಆಫ್ ರೆವೆನ್ಯೂ ಇಸ್ ಬಿಗರ್ ಕ್ವಶನ್ it all depends on that point of time what kind of bubble is bursting all of a sudden there will be a bubble for uh, sd wan markets or saas market and you, you came up with an idea uh, okay there are investors right it all depends on the investors risk appetite also at that point of time uh, yeah. there was there was one point of time any app was uh, app companies got, got acquired every app company got funded uh, and every app company got a valuation <laughs> so that that is uh, that is a, that is a, uh, it's an emotion i would say there is no yeah. such thing <laughs> way you can actually evaluate your company in in, in a, using a mathematical equation you know you work in the ai space you work on intelligent solutions in general i'm just curious every time i open linkedin today the first word i see is chat gpt so mm. what are your thoughts on chat gpt and how it's going to disrupt the ai world you know one of the other other things that i've seen online is that it's already being disruptive to google's you know plans for ai so what do you think how do you think chat gpt is going to play a role in the ai space so b- biggest challenge for any ai algorithm is the bias i think uh, karthik can relate to it uh, much more see bias is everywhere even in human minds right you are biased to ideas you are much more superior than this chat gpt or anything but you get biased at one point of time any ai algorithm uh, i see the bigger threat is the bias at one point mm-hmm. of time this bias will create lot of false positives so uh, that way even if uh, i think that open ai uh, team itself right they say there is a lot of bias in build in this right so how that is going to evolve is uh, i will love to see okay without how this bias is going to be taken out of this equation it is impossible for any mathematical equation to work without in bias and eventually everything yeah. below lois the bias so i believe there should be human interaction uh, or uh, people have to get involved in the process of chat gpt to remove this bias um, yeah. so how how would they say is right today you get a whatsapp forward a lot of whatsapp forward or fake forwards mm-hmm. that incident would have not even happened anywhere in the world but people just because it is very good to see people keep forwarding it Right. Yeah. Let's say if I want to remove, uh, want to create an engine which goes and says that okay, these forwards are fake forwards. At point of time, the engine will create a lot of false positives because of the bias. Because the engine takes certain level of uh, finite set of parameters. The yeah. finite set will definitely create the bias. The best way to make this this kind of uh, solution, right? Where you say you need to now create a group of experts. okay who sit behind this engine goes and marks which is fake which is not fake so you need some level of human intelligence to remove that bias so yeah. any ai algorithm in the back end you need human intelligence so that is my take with chat gpt so chat gpt might succeed but uh, in terms of what they are offerings but for them to make it offer in such a fashion that uh, it goes on the long run Uh, you need to have human intelligence and this kind of the problem that twitter is facing itself right like when someone posts a tweet they need human intelligence behind to flag a tweet as true or non true bigger team to uh, mark a post whether it is abusive or not abusive absolutely yeah we're sitting behind this even though they have a lot of ai algorithms which ai algorithm to extend can help you to sort out put it in some buckets so that it becomes easier for humans to select those buckets and then uh, refine them yeah so chat gpt as it grows more and more i feel that bias is going to be the bigger challenge for them mm-hmm. you yeah. still need a human in the loop to complete the loop it cannot be a completely automated process that can just take over the world overall okay so this has been great guhan i think uh, in general say the one two threes of business abcs of business starting a business and how do you plan a business trying to establish a business establish a team work with the team we've learned so much from you i think uh, selfishly for kartik and me we've learned so much oh yeah like <laughs> some of those questions came from a place of selfishness because i was like okay i need to learn so this is like a master class 101 for me over here thank you so much for doing this we always end with our last question how do you define success and in your case i'm going to change it a little bit how do you define success for yourself and how do you define success for apricom success is very relative okay i i give an example right one of the famous writers uh, in tamil 
ఉంటాడు వాళ్ళ సుజాత ఐ డోంట్ నో వేర్ సుజాత సో షీ హీ రోట్ ఇన్ వెన్ హీ వాజ్ ఇన్ అడ్మిటెడ్ అపోలో హాస్పిటల్ కాలమ్ హీ రోట్ ద లాస్ట్ కాలమ్ విచ్ హీ రోట్ ఇన్ ఆనంద్ విగడన్ ఐ బిలీవ్ ఇట్ ఆల్వేస్ ఇన్స్పైర్డ్ మీ సో వాట్ హీ రోట్ ఇస్ ఐ వాజ్ ఆల్వేస్ బిహైండ్ సక్సెస్ ఐ వాంట్ బి ద బెస్ట్ రైటర్ ఐ వాంట్ ఆల్ ద అప్రిషియేషన్ ఆల్ ద అవార్డ్స్ అండ్ ఫర్ మీ ఐ నెవర్ ఫెల్ట్ ఐఎమ్ సక్సెస్ఫుల్ ఐ ఆల్వేస్ ఫెల్ట్ ద థర్స్ట్ వాజ్ ఆల్వేస్ దర్ ఫర్ మీ బట్ టుడే ఐ ఎమ్ ఇన్ ద అపోలో హాస్పిటల్ బెడ్ for me the biggest success is not, nothing but i have to get out of the bed and urinate myself without any help if i am able to do that today i am the most happiest person in the world yeah so his success definition of success changed entirely from being a best writer getting a pulitzer award or anything right just yeah. to go get out of the bed and going to the so i i would rather say success is uh, if you are happy every day irrespective of what you do that is success for me you you are you are content you are happy whether you you make money you don't make money as long as you are happy the day goes happily today it's a successful day for you that is success for me awesome yeah i think you know happiness is also relative happiness is something it is up to you yeah you can define happiness but you cannot define success yeah right? i can be happy <laughs> today yeah. uh, this call went well i'm happy but this call doesn't yeah. go well also i can be happy yeah happiness is with me so as long as you can define your happiness you will you'll be successful yeah that, that, that's the most important thing right all these things we do yeah. is to gain that uh, that portion of happiness yeah yeah end of the day whatever you earn you cannot eat more than 500 grams of food thank you thank you so much for doing this this has been great for us I feel like uh, there's a lot to learn from this interview not just about startups and building startups I think I think some of the answers that you gave can be matched and related to people who are building their careers as well yeah thank you so much kohan thanks 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 kohan